efficacious. Anybody? Did anybody know that our sovereign God was efficacious? Me neither. But it's going to mean a lot to you in a few minutes. All right? So there. And I sound smart. Yeah. Verse 31. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and on the third day. I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem, 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 you who kill the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Yep, that's it. That's the verses for today. Good times for the preacher, right? Good times for the preacher. All right, so explanations, all right? Jesus, throughout his personal ministry, all right? So once he started preaching, teaching, um, um, healing, uh, driving out demons, calling disciples, once he started doing all of those things, one of the things that people miss is underneath the stories, okay? And that is that Jesus isn't just doing these things, all right? Jesus is being these things. Let me say it again. Jesus isn't just doing the things of God. He is being the things of God. His actions decree who he is and what power and authority he has, but the things that he chooses to say and do represent everything that God is, everything that the Father is, and everything that the Son incarnate is, Emmanuel, God with us. He is not doing God. He is not playing God. He, in fact, is God. This rolls all the way back to when we learn about the Ten Commandments. One of my favorite things since we've been here was our journey through the Ten Commandments, all right? Because I always thought that the Ten Commandments were these rules to be followed, and that if we just followed those rules, they would play into everything else, right? And it turns out that the Ten Commandments in and of themselves are basically spit, in, spit into, of course they are, yes, split into two sections. You have a section about loving and honoring God. Have no other gods before me, all right? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And you have a section about loving others. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> Do not commit adultery, all right? So there are some about loving God and some about loving people, which is in and of itself the only two rules God really has, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and 
Love your neighbor as yourself. So they're already connecting. But the Ten Commandments are way more than rules to be taught. They are a lifestyle to be lived. Because what the Ten Commandments do in following them is make us more like Him. In following them, they make us more like Him. And we talked about the fact that not stealing is not about not taking away, but it is about the person of Jesus Christ. Not because Jesus chooses not to steal, right? God doesn't choose not to steal. God actually cannot steal. It is a physical impossibility. It is an emotional and a spiritual impossibility for God to steal. Do you know why? Because God owns everything. Right? You can't take what's yours. So in following them, we're not just being good. We're being more like him. They are designed to make us like him. And so what Jesus is doing, how Luke is describing Jesus, is not just telling us about his actions, but telling us about who he is, about how he sees his father and himself. And we see that here. And what you're going to have is a challenge, all right? This is how Jesus walks his life. How do I walk mine? And that's where the understanding of efficacious comes in in just a minute. So the Pharisees, the church people, the religious leaders who had it out for Jesus, they had it out for Jesus for a number of reasons. He was more popular than they were and their little pride was hurt. He was teaching things that were similar to them but also things that were opposite of them because he wanted people to understand that there are parts of the law that are good for making us righteous and holy people. But the law in and of itself does not make us righteous and holy. The Messiah, God, makes us righteous and holy. And oh, by the way, I'm that guy, you know? And I will roll through. So the Pharisees aren't happy, all right? And Jesus is getting ready to, right, head into Jerusalem, which we're coming up on Easter. He's getting ready to head in to Jerusalem, come into the holy city, and, and, and we all know what's going to happen there. He's going to finish his ministry. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to die, and then he's going to be resurrected on the third day. There is a mission here, and he is on a mission that was set forth, right, from the beginning by his father for him. They knew it here. They know it here. They will know it in the future. They've always known this is what is going to happen, period. So the Pharisees say, leave this place, go somewhere else, or Herod is going to kill you. Herod wants to kill you. Now, whether or not the Pharisees got a kind bone in their body and decided, you know, Herod wants to kill you, at least we're going to let you know, or whether they were just being who they really are, kind of stinkers and, and trying to run them off and making this up. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if they have good motives, bad motives, evil motives. We know who they've always been through the scripture. 
So the rest of the scriptures would tell us that they were being, I think the technical term, the Bible term is poo head, all right, for uh, the way they acted. That's the, that's the King James, all right? But um, it, it, we don't know that for sure. We don't know if they had a change of heart in this moment. We don't know. What we do know is that they took the highest authority, Herod, that they could think of, and they said, he wants to kill you. He wants to stand in the way of everything that's happening. He wants to take your life. And Jesus says, well, why don't y'all go back and let a brother know that he ain't big enough, okay? Now, in one instance, Fox is used, all right, as a um, wily, um, sneaky uh, character that, that'll get things as sly as a fox, right? But in most biblical cases, fox isn't used as sly or, or sneaky to get things done. It is um, a, 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 a pushed aside, uh, secondary thought animal. Now, it is interesting that he picks foxes and hens in this passage together. So we'll talk about that in a minute, all right? Because the fox thinks that he's going to do what foxes do to hens and doesn't quite happen that way, right? So he basically says to the Pharisees and all these people, um, about King Herod, he's not big enough. He's not strong enough. He's not powerful enough. And I ain't scared. All right, that, that, that's what he says. I ain't scared. I'd like to let you know that I have been healing people. No matter what Herod does, I'm going to continue to heal people. And when Herod is dead and gone, I will still be healing people. By the way, before Herod, I was able to drive out demons. During Herod, I'm going to drive out deep. And when Herod's dead and gone, I will still at Nicholasville, Kentucky, in the middle of nowhere in 2021, be able to drive out the demons. Nothing can stand in the way of who I am. This is called the sovereignty of God. And Jesus isn't speaking about it. He is living it. God is sovereign. He is Lord over. He effectually controls everything that occurs. Nothing happens beyond his power or his authority. Huh? He is 100% efficacious. What does that mean? You've probably heard a different word in the last few months about vaccinations. We ask about their rate of efficacy, same word. How, what is the efficacy rate of certain things? I looked some up. I have some efficacy rates for you today, all right? How effective are some things, all right? Airbags. Did you know that airbags over the course of the last several years, are only about 30% effective in a crash 
of keeping you from dying. Now, that's, that's actually good news. Without it, you've got a one in three better chance of dying. So I'm glad it's there because I, I want to be the two out of three, right? No, I don't want to be the two out of three. I want to be, I want the 30%, right? Seat belts are between 45 and 50% effective in keeping you from dying in a crash, all right? So if you have it on, you're twice as likely to live. If you have it off, you're twice as likely to die. There's a 50%, one out of two. So, you know, all right. So the effectiveness of seat belts is 50%, all right? Which is safer? Riding in a car or riding in an airplane? You've always heard that, right? Do you know how much? I do. I do. Okay. You have a point zero 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 one percent chance of dying in an airline crash by the numbers. You have a point zero zero eight percent chance of dying in a car crash. You ready for this? Eighty times, not twice, not four times. You are 80 times more likely to die in an automobile accident than you are in a plane crash. So planes are 99.9999% uh, effective, and cars are 99.992% effective. All right? Just say it. And it's not the car, by the way. We all know that, right? Not the car, it's the driver. Okay. I was not about to bring COVID into this. There's no sense in all that. There's no sense in all that. Yeah, God bless COVID. Get out of here. All right, but I did pick a vaccine we all know and understand. MMR, all right? Measles, mumps, rubella, MMR vaccine. Don't care if you take it. Don't care if you don't. Don't want to hear about it. But I can tell you that over the last 30 to 50 years, we have some pretty accurate rates here. I thought they'd be better, to be honest with you. The MMR vaccine is 93% effective against measles. It is 78% effective against mumps. It is 97% effective against rubella. Now, do you think about your 0.008% chance of dying when you started the car this morning? Did you get in your car and go, I need to get the heater on, the windows defrosted, and pray that I don't have a 0.008% chance of dying today? Did that cross your mind? No. No, last time you got on an airplane, all right, did you go, you know what? Oh, by the way, I did look up another one. I looked up parachutes. 99.9% effective? More effective than an automobile. Just saying. Most of you will get in your car, but you won't jump out of a plane, but it turns out the parachute's safer than your Honda. Just saying. Let me say this. When it comes to being sovereign over 
when it comes to the word sovereign, all right, is really S and then over reign. Reign over. So in Jesus's ability to reign over all things, guess what his efficacy rate is? 100%. Not 99 point all the nines you ever imagined. The efficacy rate of Christ's ability to reign over all things for his plans to not be thwarted. Job chapter 42 verse 2. I know, I don't think, I know you have a 100% success rate all things that have ever happened before, during, and beyond the expanse of time have happened because you allowed them to... You notice I didn't say made. You notice I didn't say caused. But I did say you allowed because the plans that God have cannot be thwarted. Well, what if I tried to do something and didn't get it done? Wasn't God's plan. He's 100% effective. And Jesus says, hey, guess what? I'm going to live. Guess what? I'm going to go to Jerusalem. Guess what? I'm going to die and it's not going to be pretty. Guess what? I'm going to finish that work on the third day. And guess what? Can't hear it or nobody else do a thing about it. Why? Because I'm 100% effective. Jesus has a 100% efficacy rate. I see you nodding. I hear your amens. I, I, I understand, right? I understand that you buy into what I just said. But do you live it? Does your attitude, do your actions, does your anxiety, do your emotions, does your finances, does your attendance, does everything that stems from within you buy into this one thing? There is nothing anyone can do to change two things, how God has your life set and how much he loves you. I was reading about and I'm not, I am not getting into, I just, I, it's that I have to say this is ludicrous. But I'm not getting into slavery or not slavery. I'm not getting into war or not war. And I'm not getting into union or confederate. I am not. But I am telling you that one of the, one of the greatest confederate generals, wasn't a general, captain, was a guy named Jackson. His nickname was Stonewall. Stonewall Jackson worked at the Virginia Military Institute, all right? Was hugely influential. Uh, got his nickname at the Battle of Manassas, right? Stonewall Jackson. And he got his nickname because um, they were getting, the, the Union Army was just pelting them. It was going very badly. And instead of giving orders from behind somewhere, 
Jackson got on his horse, started pacing up on the front lines, takes a bullet in his hand, wrist, arm area, right? And stays standing on his steed. And one of the, one of the corporals yells out to the, to the uh, 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 fighters, right? He says, look at Jackson uh, standing like a wall uh, out and on the front lines. And, and they're just incredible. He, he was like an immovable object. Nothing fazed him. The, the musket balls are flying past him. And he just giving orders, telling people where to go, not from the back, but from the front. And there, there was a movie uh, that was made, and they, they, they talk about this story. And, and I was reading the lines from, it was too long for me to, for me to put up here. But basically, in the movie, one of the, one of the, the um, under people, uh, corporal, private, whatever, says, how, how, could you, how could you do that in the face of, of, of the battle, in the face of the bullets, in the face of death? How could you pace back, back and forth? And he basically said, my faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God. And he already knows when it is I'm going to die. It ain't for me to worry about. My only job is to be ready when I'm going to die. And I'm already ready. So I don't pace because there's bullets or not bullets. I don't pace because it's my job or not my job. But I stand firm because I already know if it's going to happen today, it's already ordained. And if it's not going to happen today, it's already ordained. My job is just to live while he has me here. That is an understanding of the efficacy of the sovereignty of God. And I love that Jesus repeats himself. Did you see it? Healing people today, tomorrow, and the third day. In any case, I will press on today, tomorrow, and the third day. And your love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Third day. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not saying, I am going to do this. Jesus is saying, if you understood who I, who I am, who God really is, if you understood me, who I be, I am, you would know that I was going to go to the cross, die and rise again. I am going to go to the cross and rise again. And in the future, I will already have gone to the cross and died again. And there's nothing that's going to stop that. There's not just anything that's going to stop it. We know how it's going to happen. We know who's going to make it happen. We know what you're going to learn about it after it happens. We know when you're going to celebrate that it happened. We know that you're going to focus on one and leave out the other, and you're going to leave out one and focus on the other. There's nothing that we don't know. He is a hundred sovereign I can ask you all day long if you believe that but the question as always in this room is where's the fruit will you live today like you believe that are you 100% certain 
that God knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Do you know what your problem with that is? Every one of you would nod, but then you would say something in the back of your mind like this. Well, what if that means I get leukemia? Well, what if that means my child passes away? Well, what if that means my marriage falls apart? Do you trust your marriage or do you trust Jesus? Do you trust the doctors or do you trust Jesus? Are you 100% sure that he knows the plans he has for you and those plans are to prosper you and not to harm you? Well, isn't leukemia harm? I don't know. May feel like harm to you. May feel like hope to him. Well, wouldn't cancer be something that would drag me down? I don't know. Ask Jen. She's headed for Uganda. Plans to give you hope and a future. That future may be a day. It may be a month. It may be a hundred more years. God forbid. I don't know if I want to do 100 more years on this earth, man. I'm just... (laughs) Are you 100% sure? That's the question of the day. That was what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. The fox will come after the hens. But Jesus says, I've been trying to gather in the hens and love them. And I won't just love them. I will protect them. There's not a big enough fox to get in this particular hen house because the plans have already been set. The Christians already win. The revelation has already been revealed. That's why it's called revelation. Jesus wins. Live His reference to Jerusalem, you can read that a hundred ways. Here's what he's really saying. Jerusalem is his set-apart city, his holy city, his place, uh, uh, central location. Listen, 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 listen. He's saying what should have been bright and beautiful ended up burned to the ground. What should have been built and restored ended up turned into rubble. What should be a light to the world ends up being a place where prophets are killed. What should be everything that I hoped has turned into everything that you want. Jerusalem, in this case, is us. His people not believing in His power. His people not believing in His lordship, his people thinking they know best for their lives instead of his. The biggest problem in our world today is not Democrats. It is not Republicans. It is not politicians. It is not it is not the next topic you want to talk about from LGB to LGP. GTQXYZ to, to divorce, to, to abortion, to, to, to um, um, racism, uh, to black life. No, none of those things are the biggest problem in the world today. The biggest problem in the world today is the church doesn't know how to be the church. Believers don't know how to be believers. Disciples don't know how to be disciples. If anyone wants to be my disciple, they must what? Deny themselves. If it had been a if it had been a, a a a racist problem, he would have said deny racism. 
If it had been a politi political problem, he would have said deny politics. If it had been a uh, whatever, he, he didn't know. My pride is the problem. My lust is the problem. My greed is the problem. My hopelessness is the problem. My disbelief in his sovereignty is the problem. Believe that. Right? God is 100% effective in carrying out his plans. And his plans are to love, to prosper, and to care for his people. Do you believe that? I don't want to hear it. I want to see it. Let's pray. God, I know, I know what's been in my heart to teach. I know how excited I was to, to learn about your efficaciousness. I know what that has, has meant to me over the last three or four days. And I, I know more as I move into the future, I, 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 understanding this even more will make me a, a, a better teacher, will make me a, a more empathetic, will make me more understanding, will give me more power, will give me more authority. God, I want to be a, a stone wall, a stalwart for your word, for your faith. I want to be unwavering. I want to be unbending. And I want a church full of people who are working toward being unwavering and unbending in their faith in Jesus Christ with full knowledge. There is no height, no depth, no angels, no demons, no powers of principality or darkness. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. Not point zero 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 zero. Nothing. God, cover us in your 100% efficient, effective love and make us believe it in Jesus' name. Amen.